I'm Nat Finley. And I'm Adele Herman. You are listening to And We Go On, a podcast produced by She Unites. We are a nonprofit located in Dubuque, Iowa, with the mission of uniting women from across the Midwest to build a stronger community through engagement, genuine conversation, companionship, and supporting causes that matter. Our vision for the show is to continue the conversation had at our monthly educational events for women by women. And now we go on. Hello, everyone. We are back with And We Go On. Uh, we are here with Megan Gross. I'm Natalie Finley. And I'm Adele. And we are so excited to be here. Heck yeah. Woo. Megan Gross, welcome. Thank you. It has been a while. We were talking a little bit before we started recording that we haven't talked about your mood on hormones in a long time. So we are so excited to have her back. Um, she spoke at our monthly gathering back in 2001, October 2001. 2020. I mean, 2001. That was a long time ago, man. I was looking at that one and my brain just went straight to 2001. I think I was like 13 back then. I wasn't even 10 yet. 21. Let's cut that out. I don't know. This is kind of gold. Um, Anyways, back in 21, we had her speak on your mood on hormones and it was our biggest attendance since we launched in April. Yeah. So in the year of 2021, when we launched in April, um, you spoke in October, that was the largest crowd we had had since we had launched yeah. at that point in time. Yeah. So exciting. So that was terrifying. <laughs> it's fun at the same time. I was like, I might throw up. Like maybe fun, maybe not fun, but glad you did it. Yeah, I was. And my mother-in-law came, which was so sweet. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. It was so wonderful having her there. That's so precious. Well, let's officially, um, Megan, uh, let's do the honors. Um, Can you introduce yourself for everyone that is listening? Yes. Hi, everyone. I am Megan Gross. I'm a certified nurse midwife. Um, I own my own business, helping women balance their hormones, um, deal with fertility issues, and then go through menopause. The circle of life. Yeah, basically. (laughs) I don't know why I wanted to say that, but that's what in my mind I was like, you do the whole shebang. I kind of do, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Start helping out. Completely silent after all that. I know. I just kind of was like, am I missing something? No. No, that's it. It's like helping once girls start getting their periods, and if they are off to a rocky start, that's where I come in, and then pretty much until you're past menstruation and dealing with the. Um, you know, complications that come with that or discomforts, I guess, that yeah. you experience. Because it is kind of shocking as a woman to have all these hormones for what feels like a million years. And then they all just kind of like cut off all at once. I can Terrifying. only imagine not looking forward to. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I, it's uh, not that I like, jump for joy every time my cycle comes monthly. But for that, it just sounds a lot. So it's scary because I feel like we're not educated. Yeah. And actually there's research that shows that like your attitude towards menopause directly correlates with the severity of your menopause symptoms. Oh dang. Okay. So got to change my attitude yes. right now. So yeah. we should be really being like, it's going to be <laughs> like, great. Yes, it is going to be great. forward to the late forties, early fifties. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because you're not going to have to like deal with your menstrual cup leaking those are going to be great times. Oh, so great. No yeah. heavy cramps. No heavy cramps. Like no those more, like period garbage to deal with. Yeah. The menstrual mm-hmm. migraines, toodaloo. 
I do get like night sweats like three days <gasps> oh, before. Oh, dude. Worst. Like when you yes. look at me, you're like, for the love. Like, why? <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's like, I can tell I'm going to get my period because I wake up soaked. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. Least sexiest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. So terrible. So terrible. There's a lot of not sexy things about being a woman, but gosh, people appreciate us anyways. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Thank goodness. And damn, we're good. Like, we got a lot going for us, you know? We sure do. <laughs> so, to get back to what you chatted about a couple years ago. Hormones. Um, hormones. You specifically talked about your mood on hormones. So, specifically in how your mood changes depending on the hormones present throughout your cycle. Yes. Um, let's do, like, a real quick recap of what we chatted on. Okay. Um, no pressure. Yeah. No pressure. None at all. Um, so, which hormones did we talk about primarily when it comes to mood? We talked about estrogen, mm-hmm. progesterone, and testosterone. And there are more hormones involved with the female menstrual cycle. And there's more hormones involved as well in our mood. But specifically, just being very general on the menstrual cycle and how it affects our mood... Those are the three ones that we focused on. Okay. So one of the things that I think came up a lot in this night, because to preface, this was the first event where we had the most Q&A probably Mm -hmm. ever (laughs) on just like women's health in general, everything and anything pertaining to menstrual cycle, hormones, all that good stuff. But it kind of came down to women's health is very mysterious Mm -hmm. and it's not talked about. And so why is it mysterious? Hmm. So there's like probably a million and one reasons. One reason is women are not studied in medical research. It's generally men's bodies that we do our medical research on. So and women are not men when it comes to treating with medicine as well as medical practices in general, like we're different. So women's health research is just so much less funded and less available. So that's one of the reasons, but then also talking about this stuff is so taboo in society. Like, I feel like growing up in our, you know, Oh God. In our generation, I felt like it wasn't common to ask questions. Right. I like had a very open mom with this kind of stuff, but like think about period commercials. Even still, I think we're still pouring blue liquid on pads to show. (laughs) Such (laughs) a good example. It's just taboo. We don't talk about this stuff. And then boys are taught it's gross and like they're grossed out by girls, period products and periods in general. Which is ridiculous because like over 50% of the population menstruates at some point in their life. Right. So I think that we just need to be like, screw these mamby-pamby boys. We're going to talk about it and we're going to be open with it. Right. Mm -hmm. Get on board. Also, I do feel like going back, I felt like you, the way that you presented your mood on hormones to all of these women is like, no question was a dumb question. Yeah. Because it isn't. Right. And like, I I just felt like it was very like open in that sense in which I really liked because I just, you know, even looking back into like eighth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, when we actually had health, like I've never been in a space like that. Yeah. Well, that's because you were 
also with the boys, right? Right. I mean, I was an athlete and I had, you know, I have a sister and a brother and I would say, you know, a very active mom in that sense, but like, yeah, generationally, I mean, I think it was just, she got taught, which, you know, she was taught and then passed it down to us. But I mean, between my sister and I, and we were athletes. So I felt like we got our periods later. Oh, for sure. You know, so yeah. But the mysterious thing around it, like also you said, like even commercials, like how often are you even seeing ads nowadays for it? I think hormones in general, I think social media really opened up an avenue to talk about women's health and hormones and everything that comes along with it and what's normal and what's not normal and how to address those things if they are abnormal. I think that's really been helpful, but maybe that's just my algorithm because I am yeah. who I am. Like probably not this everyone's running across that stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's like that and cats. <laughs> so, okay. So tangent, same with that. Matt has delivered so much cat content. She does not own any animals and she sends them all to me. And I'm like, why are you being delivered so much? Why cat are you not content? sending them to me? I love cat content. <laughs> I think it's because my friend Devin sends it to me and then I get on a tangent and then I send them to Adele. Okay. Okay, going back on the boot on hormones. <laughs> Let's talk about when, even for all three of us, obviously, like when we got our cycles and what that looked like. I mean, for you personally, Megan, and the, you know, what early age do you see girls at now? Like, what are you seeing girls at 10, 12, 14? Like, what does that look like now? Yeah, so thankfully, I haven't seen any girls super young, but in school, we learned that girls are getting their periods so young, like seven, eight, nine, Mm. where like that was, I could not have been mentally prepared for that. I was 13 and a half. I was in eighth grade. I was homesick with like the worst laryngitis of my life. And then I got my period and it was kind of sad because my mom was like, oh, you poor thing, not this too. And I was like, oh, that was an opportunity that we could have celebrated. Like looking back on it, it could have been like a time of celebration, Mm -hmm. but I felt like it was like, oh, you poor thing. Not only have you not been able to speak for the last five days, but now you're bleeding from your vagina. And you're becoming a woman. Yeah. Congratulations. You can't go to the movie with your friends. (laughs) Bummer. Yeah. It was kind of a bummer. Like being sick really ruined getting my period. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I was, um, seventh grade. I can't remember the age. It's cool that you were like, I was 13 and a half. I don't like, I feel like my brain, I don't like cat memories like that. Like I forget a lot of things, but anyways, I vividly remember being at a basketball game. Oh, I no. was playing and I was like, I, it was, I was at school. I remember all of this because I didn't know what I was doing. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know, I didn't have the proper stuff. I don't mm-hmm. want to say gear, but gear. No, you didn't have your period gear with you. Yeah, I That's didn't have my period gear with me. Like I didn't, have, I didn't have a baggie of things, you know, like I wish my mom would have put like some, you know, cool little, you know, those, all those fun pencil pouches, like oh. what, mm, what yeah. been stuffed with some goodies. Like, yeah. Like some dove promises and yeah. like a pad and maybe a tampon if you're feeling real right, brave. Gutsy. And maybe an encouraging note, like you got yeah. this. <laughs> Yeah, you're a total badass. Yeah. You can do everything the boys can do bleeding. Yeah. Just shove it down their throats and just kill it. Anyways, uh, but then eventually, like, obviously I got home and had an intentional conversation with my mom to be like, hey, I need help. So luckily I'm grateful that my mom, I had a mom and a sister, you know, an older sister. So I was going to say, was she older? Yeah. 
So you were mentally prepared in that way? A little, yeah. Uh, but my sister's so introverted and, you know, oh. so I feel like it wasn't like a... Oh, hey, by the way. It wasn't a topic of conversation. It wasn't, table, it wasn't like a uh, dinner table conversation. Yeah. No dinner table conversation. All of that. my friends had gotten their periods and I was feeling like a little bit of a late bloomer. So I was kind of glad to finally get it because I was like, come on. Like they all have boobs and they all have their periods. And here I am. Yeah. Still no <laughs> boobs. But I do have my period. That's yeah. <laughs> okay. Same boat. Same boat. <laughs> It's fine. I think, I don't remember exactly when I was sixth or seventh grade, somewhere in there. I definitely don't remember the first period or anything monumental with it, but I do, you know, so like my mom works in healthcare and she's always been very passionate about like adolescent health and reproductive health. So anything relating to like periods or sex or anything of that regard, it was like, we had a conversation like once a year for like fifth grade until I like graduated high school, basically. That's amazing. So it was kind of just always a topic of conversation. So I don't feel like, I don't recall there being a whole lot of mystery around it for me. Cause I can remember having those conversations like multiple years before I ever got my period. Mm-hmm. And it was Rachel. Yeah. Rachel, Rachel crushes it. Um, <laughs> so many books, so, so many conversations. Did you have the American girl? Oh, for sure. <laughs> Who didn't have the American girl book? Okay, Did you not? I had an American girl doll, but I don't know if I had. There was like you was and your book. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. So like that. they used to, they probably still do publish these, but they had, they've changed it. Okay. There's they, some outrage from the millennials about the changes they've made. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like they would publish all of these books about, about, um, just like growing up or anything like health related and like specifically like puberty related topics. It was called the care and keeping of you. I'm glad that you had that in your back pocket, Meg. (laughs) It just came to me. I was like, what was, it was called the care and keeping of you. And it had like their little illustrations, like, you know, like the armpit hair and like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, there's so many people had those types of books right. or whatever. So it was like, always like a reference point, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to ask my sister if she remembers this. Yeah. yeah see if Kat knew anything about that. Oh, but I do. She okay. had the American girl doll care and keeping of you. It's kind of iconic for, yeah. for anyone born in like the late eighties, early nineties for sure. Okay. I'm going to look into that. <laughs> I want, yeah, I wonder, it's one of those things that like you don't get when you're at Barnes and Noble, you just come home from school one day and it's like sitting in your bedroom and you're like, oh, cool. (laughs) Yes. Cool, cool, cool. Um, So like looking back to that time, like for you specifically and for the work that you do, Megan, like what I would say, like, did it, what were you like taught around that? Like, I mean, or was it the American girl doll in your mom no, just checking my out mom, those boxes? My mom was like pretty candid, but she also had kind of gnarly periods mm. and Same like menstrual migraines, which thanks mom. <laughs> Love, Love that. <laughs> um, so we were aware of when she was on her period. Like it was just a thing and I knew it happened and I think I knew why it happened. And she just was like really no nonsense with, a lot of that kind of stuff. Like I can remember her telling me a lot of topics that maybe aren't necessarily comfy to talk about. And she'd just like say it. And I'd be like, Oh, okay. Now I know that. Here we go. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, she, she did the ripping off a bandaid approach, which I kind of like that. Yeah. Like there's no sense in sugarcoating it. Yeah. Especially when it comes to the human body. Yeah. Because it's just, it is what it is. Right. Like nothing's going to change. No. Yeah, we weren't squeamish about it in my house. And I'm the only girl. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was just a thing. And I feel like we have had multiple conversations within She Unites too, and specifically our RICE program, uh, that program that we have offered to high school girls. And we're kind of like in the process of figuring all that out with our high school programming. But I felt like health looks different nowadays too for what kids are getting taught. And I know a lot of people are saying like kids are turning to social media, kids yeah. are turning to Google, what that looks like. Like how would you say that you're kind of handling that now with like some of the young people that you see or, you know, moms coming to you to be like, Hey, what, you know, where do we start? What does right. this look like? How do we support them? I think honestly, it's all just such a blessing because people come in so informed mm-hmm. mm. And like, I know I've heard some people are like, don't go to Google, like don't ask Dr. Google. But I'm like, you know what? It's your body. You know exactly what's like what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to Google first, like, I mean, Google's fine. It's what is it that you go on and you're like, it diagnoses you with cancer oh, like, every time. Um, like, uh, what is it called? Like, what WebMD? Yeah, WebMD. Yes. It always gives me cancer. Yeah, no matter what your symptoms yes. are, you're dying. Yeah, like I'm sneezing. Cancer. Ingrown toenail. You're done for. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah. So I think it's great that, and like the high schoolers come in so informed now too. Yeah. And I don't know, like I remember myself in like ninth grade and beyond, and I was such a dweeb and like so annoying but I was also just kind of like everyone else with like my knowledge and maturity and every high school patient I've had has been so much more mature Mm -hmm. which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing just for like their own like joy that they feel in life but I also feel like they have more verbiage around all of this now too because do. of the internet, which and there's just pros and cons to all of that. Yeah. But like you said, like them coming in with more confidence, more questions and being able to identify stuff. Like we just didn't have the language for no. that. Maybe you did a little bit more from your mom, just being on the medical side. Yeah. It was all very clinical. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but they kind of are too though. They come in clinical Yeah, yeah. and it's cool. They know yeah. it's, they know what's going on. And then like, they're also really open to learning I think that's another thing that teenagers have now is like a passion for learning because they have so much access to it. Like I remember learning how to use Google in seventh grade and I didn't really even understand how to appropriately utilize it till late high school. Mm -hmm. And now these kids are like learning to Google in first grade. Oh yeah. Which is maybe good, maybe bad. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah. I guess we'll find out. But like kids utilize their resources now. That's Mm -hmm. so true. And like, such a, a fresh perspective on it because I think um, the internet is really demonized for young people and that they're being fed misinformation. Oh, but there's but so even, much misinformation. Like, like, there's misinformation about everything in the world. But like, yes, it, the fact that they're seeking out information to start is like the good first step because yeah. like they could choose to be blissfully ignorant about right. everything. Right. No, I think they have good intentions, even if they do fall upon misinformation. This episode of And We Go On is sponsored by Flatted Fifth Blues and Barbecue. Come experience where the blues and barbecue of Beale Street meets the jazz and Cajun food of Bourbon Street at this from scratch kitchen in Bellevue, Iowa. Known for their incredible house smoked meats and Southern specialties, Flatted Fifth has been featured by Southern Living Magazine, Food and Wine Magazine, and the Iowa Tourism Awards. Grab a bite at Flatted Fifth at their flagship Bellevue, Iowa location in the historic Potter's Mill or at their debut kitchen inside Dimensional Brewing Company. 
For more information, head to pottersmill.net. You know, just jumping on if they're young or they're still figuring out their cycle, let's just take it to the basics of like a quick review of the menstrual cycle. Like give us your... My elevator speech of this is what your menstrual cycle yes. is. Yeah, because yeah. Okay. I feel like I didn't learn the the ins and outs of this honestly until like my twenties and actually understanding totally. what my oh yeah like was. the full details like yeah the full details and just like listening to my body. What does my body tell me? I even still now I'm like, how do I support my hormones? So which we can talk about later, right. obviously too. But give us the quick review. Okay, so your menstrual cycle, it's typically like textbook twenty eight days because that's what lines up with the lunar cycle. But it can be anywhere from 22 to 35 days long. Um, And it just depends on the person. So your day one of your menstrual cycle starts with day one of bright red bleeding. You bleed until you've shed your endometrial lining. And then your body works on preparing an egg, which is your follicular phase. So your follicular phase starts on day one of your menstrual cycle, but... It's just kind of in the background until you're done bleeding. So in the follicular phase, you work on um, maturing an egg and then you'll hit your ovulatory phase. When you ovulate, you ovulate your most mature egg. That egg lives for 24 hours to be fertilized by a sperm. If it's not fertilized, then it just gets shed. Um, And if it is fertilized and makes a little embryo, then it'll implant in your uterine wall and alas, you'll have achieved a pregnancy. But majority of the time, we're not fertilizing our eggs because we're not getting pregnant every month. Thank God. You're right. Oh my gosh. It'd be terrible. Um, so you have a cyst that sits on your corpus luteum from which your egg emerged and or on your ovary, sorry. It's called your corpus luteal cyst. So that corpus luteum um, secretes progesterone, which puts you in your luteal phase, corpus luteum, luteal phase. And the progesterone lasts for about 14 days. And once that corpus luteum degrades, then you'll bleed again and start a new menstrual cycle. So it lasts 12 to 16 days in your luteal phase, generally about 14. I can like feel myself ovulate and I can like time it out almost to the hour when I'm going to get my period. Mm. I'm not there yet. Can you feel yourself ovulate? I'm not quite sure. I can, yeah. So should we talk about signs of ovulation really quick? Because not everyone knows that. Go for it. Well, also too, when you start out saying it's how many days, like we're not saying your period is going to last this many days. No. We're talking about the full cycle. The full cycle cycle. is called the menstrual cycle. So the bleed lasts anywhere from two to seven days. Some people are lucky and some people are unlucky. The unlucky one. (laughs) Are you? I used to be, but mine has started to calm down. Thank you, uterus. That's that's age for you. <laughs> and who knows, it'll probably go wonky again because I'm getting to the the fun age of 35 where you start to enter perimenopause. Mm. So you have like a couple years where you're in like the good zone of having normal, like predictable periods. But when you first get your period for the first like 10 to 15 years, your body's learning how to do it. Mm. So you just kind of like struggle through for a while and it can be super heavy or super light or really irregular. And then you hit the sweet spot where it's like, this is going great. And by the time you're used to that, you're 35 and you enter perimenopause and you do all the adolescent stuff again as it peters out, Mm. which is really uncool. So when you say the, like the early phases, you know, obviously kids are getting it younger, like 
what does that look like for supporting that? Um, so diet's really important for supporting kids. Also stress levels are so impactful on your periods. Like we don't think about it, but like if you were to keep a journal of your stress levels and then a separate journal of like, this was my period this month and this is how much it sucked. I can almost guarantee that your more stressy months are going to have worse periods. Mm-hmm. So kids in chronic stress situations are probably having more uncomfortable periods or kids dealing with mental health issues because that does impact your stress level as well. Mm-hmm. So just letting kids be kids and trying to keep them from being stressed. Like we're all going to experience stress in life. We can't avoid it completely, but teaching them how to deal with stress and that kind of stuff too is super important. And then eating healthy foods, whole foods, real foods, avoiding super processed foods is important. Drinking enough water, like good quality water and not probably not like canned sparkling water all the time. Probably not the LaCroix sitting <laughs> no. on the table. When get I do love me and LaCroix though. Oh, I love a bubbly water. It's like no judgment. No, it's delish. Um, but yeah, making sure you have balanced minerals is really important for all processes in the body. And yeah, exercise as tolerated mm-hmm. just depends on the person. Some kids do sports all the time. Some of us did not do that. <laughs> I love that you're looking at me right now. Well, both of you. I'm like, you both did sports and I did sports for the social aspect. So I chose my sports based on like, how much can I chit chat during this? <laughs> you know, cross country skiing is like ace for, oh. you just stay back and then you're like, hey. <laughs> for sure. It's awesome. I feel like that doesn't happen as much in Iowa as it did in Minnesota no. though. Yeah. I, so many like cross country skiers in Minnesota. Right. It was like, so fun. Doing ski team for sure. That's um, anyway, so like kind of back into the, the kids who are getting their periods like much younger in life. So we're kind of saying that it's mostly environmental triggers that are making this happen younger, right? Can be. There's also a socioeconomic um, implication to it as well. And there are like people of certain races are more likely to get their periods earlier. So that's like women of color are more likely to start menstruating early. And is it because of some genetic component or is it because of like socioeconomic stressors? It's kind of hard to say, but it is something that is seen clinically. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. But so, also there's like, you know, hormonal additives in food. Right. Because I feel like this is something that we've been seeing a lot more just in like the last, you know, it, 10 years, yes. 15 years. And because I feel like even when we were growing up, like we didn't have friends who were getting their periods at age seven or eight years old. No, I um, think everyone probably had a one-off, like there's this one girl in fourth grade that got her period, yeah. but like that was fourth grade. We're 10 in fourth grade, you know, exactly nine and 10, I suppose. We're but not talking like second graders, second graders. Right. Ugh. Right. So like what has changed in the environmental yeah. like kind of component that has 
triggered this to happen, I guess. That's a good question. Yeah. Which we don't have the answers necessarily. We would like to. We would like to. So if anyone listening is out there doing some research on it, please send it our way. Yes. Um, We can nerd out. Yeah. We would love to. Oh my gosh. We would. Do you think going back to like the research component is the reason that women aren't touched is because like that baby aspect? Say that again. Like reframe the question. Like going back to the beginning when you said a lot of like women's oh because women carry babies that yeah then like, they're not researched because they risk out of research yeah. certainly yeah yeah I was just curious I don't know why that might like, yeah that came to my thought that is like an ethical dilemma in research mm-hmm. is like oh this isn't safe to do on a pregnant woman because we don't know how it's going to impact the baby mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. same with lactation like certain chemicals aren't used. Mm-hmm in studies because they don't want to risk baby. Yeah. So yeah, that Makes cuts sense. out sometimes yeah. in women's lives that they're available for research. Mm-hmm. Totally. So going back to the cycle mm-hmm. after the red bleeding, can we go to the follicular phase? Yeah. Yeah. And what, what that looks like again? So the follicular phase is when you have an egg maturing on your ovary, you have multiple eggs on your ovaries at all times. Gotcha. Um, but generally you'll have like a primary egg that is like the chosen one to work that month that becoming the one that's going to get ovulated. Gotcha. And then we go into, and then ovulation. Um, there's like a couple hormonal triggers that happen. Like your luteinizing hormone will skyrocket and your estrogen will drop just a teeny tiny bit. And then if people can feel ovulation it's that pain is called mittelschmerz really fun Jeez. german word. Great word yeah it means middle pain middle pain <laughs> yeah and um at ovulation you'll have like copious amounts of cervical fluid and it'll be more like really thin clear stretchy kind of bubbly this is another german word that's called spinbarkeit <laughs> I don't know why the Germans got all the naming cred on the Germans are ovulation, but they didn't. So the Spienbarkeit discharge is thin so that the spermies can swim through it more easily. And um, then that goes away. And the reason why that goes away is because you've got progesterone from the corpus luteum and that makes your cervical mucus thick again. So when you're on progesterone birth controls, like the IUD or any pill or any implant or anything with a synthetic progesterone, one way that it acts in preventing conception is by thickening up your cervical mucus. Mm, gotcha. Gotcha. Interesting. I don't, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's like the main way that it does it is it prevents sperm from getting to the eggs. Gotcha. I feel like back in the day when I got on the pill so early because I had such terrible periods. As did we all. Yeah. Like because my periods were so terrible, but I didn't know that like everyone else was having terrible periods at the age of, you know, 14, you know, why I felt like that was like the reasoning to get on the pill. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like that, that conversation looks different now. I hope so. Yeah. Cause for so long it was just, Oh, you have problems with your periods. Here's the band aid. The pill fixes everything. Right. Right. Not knowing what our long-term ramifications might look like. Yeah. Especially being, I was so young. Like I was on 14 to 22. Right. And what that all looked like. Um, and just, I mean, I really didn't even know my body. I didn't know Mm -hmm. my cycle until after I got off the pill, like what my body was telling me, what I should be eating, how I should be moving, what I should be drinking, like 
all the things that are playing. And, and I feel like just probably in the last, like probably four to five years have, I, it has been like the forefront of my thought. Right. And just more conversations, obviously after having kids, things change. And then like, I think just to like the people that I'm around to have these honest conversations with and, you know, people like you to be like, Hey, this is okay to talk about, or I have answers, or if I don't have the answers, I'm going to help find you, you know, someone with the answers, you know, type of thing. So I think it's too, like, that's huge. Yeah, totally. And like, I don't think when we were starting ourselves on the pill, we had the like knowledge of all of the negative implications, Mm -hmm. like one third of women on birth control develop new or worsening mood disorder problems. So like as a nervous Nelly that I was as a like child and teenager, going on the pill was catastrophic for my anxiety problem. Oh, I definitely feel like it heightened mine. Oh, totally. And then my mood swings were like off the charts. Right. I was crazy grumpy when I was on the pill. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't think I'm actually an angry person. Oh, same. And I'm not an angry person. I have opinions, but I'm not angry, (laughs) but the pill made me like really angry. And then you throw in on top of, you know, after turning 21, throwing in a few cocktails, maybe a few bad relationships and you got every crazy girl rap song. Oh yeah. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. 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 And you're like, we just don't even know our bodies. No. (laughs) And we have chemicals altering our bodies. Right. And And brains like bodies and brains because those hormones do work on our brains. That's why it's called your mo- your mood and hormones. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah, it's wild. I feel let down by the medical system for the fact that like, instead of being given better pain management options for my cramps, mm-hmm. I was just given a pill because I still had cramps. Like that's the thing. And then that's when I developed a migraine problem was after I went on the pill. Mm-hmm. I'm like, did that start it? Would I have had it anyways? it's impossible to say now, but I didn't have migraines before I went on it, mm-hmm. which yeah, is interesting. Yeah. It's frustrating. And my mom says the same and I'm like, bro, if this happened to you. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I do feel like too, like looking back when I was put on the pill, you know, like, do you even, and I know this, I didn't put this in our notes. That's okay. Like, when did the pill like come to surface like what Ooh. you know when was it like was that it was like I mean, the 60s I think yeah you you sent me uh, a documentary did you watch that I watched that documentary why didn't I get sent this oh I'm sorry it's okay. left out why did why did we were we discussing I, I think we were both really frustrated about something and, yeah. and you're like do you want to be pissed off more watch this documentary <laughs> <laughs> I was outraged and it, this is stuff I should have like really realized yes but it's like it's dark and twisty because mm. like back in the day, like our parents were get were you know, they were getting educated on this new medicine, how it can support these kids, how it can support them. And like, I mean that they were getting told by medical providers. So to me, I'm kind of like, they were doing the best that they could with the information. Oh, they totally. Had yeah. And like, obviously they didn't, they didn't have access to Google. They weren't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the only information they had were like the pamphlets that were given to them. Right. In the waiting room, you know? So yeah. I'm kind of like looking back, I'm like, if that was your only option, why wouldn't you take it? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, like you, like you said, Adele, with like the long-term ramifications of what that looks like for, in, you know, infertility, some people have issues with it. Some people don't. Why is that? 
like we don't, we don't know the answers to those questions, do we? No, I don't have the answers. And I work with people that have fertility problems. Like why does she have fertility problems? But like, I got pregnant when I thought about getting pregnant, you know, like mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense. Or right. why did this person get pregnant? No problem. And now they can't. Right. Mm-hmm. So many questions. Yeah. Yeah. The, the documentary we were talking about was the business of birth control. It's by the people that did the business of being born. Oh, yeah. It's is so it well done. Or is it on uh, no, it was a, a separate thing. It's um, like a Vimeo. Yeah. Oh. We can put the link in the show notes. Okay. Um, I think you might have to pay to watch it now, but point being really interesting all about like the, how it came to be and like so mainstream, but from the business model. Yeah. Interesting. Um, very fascinating. It'll get you a little riled up. Yeah. Prepare mm-hmm. yourself to be big man. Like, <laughs> yeah. And like also just, it's another one of those situations where you're like, did I actually volunteer to come on this earth and be a female? Because what was I thinking? <laughs> I will be a man in my next life. That's uh, how so you'll be reincarnated as, yes. a, as a man. Okay. A man with good skin. Okay. Oh, I was hoping mine would be like a horse or something. Mine would be more like animal. Well, I would also, <laughs> if, if animal is an option, I would like to be a house cat. Mm. You would make a great house cat. Oh, wouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, you really would. <laughs> I feel like a horse isn't as social. I need to think about this. I'll get back to you guys on what I would yeah, like you, to Yeah, you would need a very social animal. Something that like runs in a pack for sure yeah like a wolf wolf. that sounds violent for you you're like not violent enough to be a wolf let's think what about like a meerkat (gasps) or like a prairie dog (laughs) yes oh maybe (laughs) let's do some more research stay tuned <laughs> oh what are those things like zabumafu oh, lemur lemur, lemur. Oh, zabumafu oh my gosh what a what a throwback megan's over here dancing with her arms like wide no it's not dancing i'm doing the lemur hop the lemur hop okay did you watch zabumafu when you were little i, I on do PBS? i do not remember the lemur hop there, he was a lemur. Yeah. We might have to put this in show notes too. Okay. Yeah. We're going to also <laughs> put um, a small YouTube clip of Zubumafu for reference. Okay. Getting back to hormones. We have to, we have, we have a lot to cover. Oh, yeah, I do. We might even have to put this into two parts because I feel like we have so much, so much to cover. And I feel like whenever we talk about this, we always have people come back to us and be like, Hey, I have this question along with like 70 others. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about your hormones and your mood. Let's go a little bit deeper into that yeah. um estrogen progesterone testosterone mm-hmm. give so, us like a little bit of a breakdown of each of those and like what that plays into with our mood just to really like really water it down to like basic stuff estrogen is what makes us feel calm and at ease and just kind of like good it's just like a feel-good hormone um testosterone is going to make us feel a little more amped up um kind of like more aggressive but uh, not aggressive with a bad connotation I really enjoy myself when I'm ovulating and I have high testosterone levels because I'm a little bit more outgoing I chose my glasses when I was ovulating and I feel like it shows (laughs) they're a little more fiery yeah they're wild um and then progesterone is a quiescent. It's a quiescent on your smooth muscles as well as your brain. So that's just going to bring like calmness. Mm-hmm. Um, so in an ideal world, 
in your follicular phase, you're kind of increasing in estrogen. So you should just be feeling good. By the time you're ovulating, you have testosterone and that makes you feel really up and at them, go get it. And then in your luteal phase, you have progesterone. So you just feel chill. Um, and then they all drop before you get your period. And that's when we can experience PMS is because all of our feel good hormones are going away. Mm. Um, and they balance each other out. And if they're not in balance, then we can have more severe symptoms of PMS and PMDD. I feel like more women are talking about PMDD. PMDD is devastating. Yes, I feel like I, I've, and maybe it's just what I, I've been seeing online or, mm -hmm. more, you know. Do you follow Lindsay Kirk? Yes. She, that post she did talking about her PMDD, I was like sobbing watching it. Mm -hmm. So for the listeners who don't know what PMDD is. Premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Okay. And so, can you give us a difference what that so, is to PMS? Okay. Correct. So PMS is premenstrual syndrome. So it's just. I'm premenstrual and I'm having some symptoms and those can be mood related. They can be physical. They can just include like I'm feeling bloaty or I'm like constipated um, or irritated. Yeah. Slightly irritated. Yeah. It's like nothing I feel like to I, I get a little bit more irritated that time. That's fair. I think probably all of us do or just like short tempered, less tolerant. Mm -hmm. um, PMDD is when you're having extreme mood swings or extreme pain, extreme swelling or bloating. Pretty much it's PMS on steroids. It's terrible. And it impacts your daily life way more than PMS does. So do we know why one or the other? Um, there's some theories, but there's no good reason as to like, why does PMDD happen? Some people think that the mood problems that come with PMDD have to do with the estrogen dropping because estrogen is a serotonin, serotonin agonist. So if you already have problems with serotonin levels and you don't have estrogen supporting your serotonin, okay. then you're really going to struggle with mood. Whoa. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. It's not, and it's a theory, but it's yeah. a pretty good theory. I think it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Especially just the way that you water down all the estrogen, progesterone and testosterone. Like when you really break it down that simple, it makes sense. Like yeah. you see, like even when I was doing like our notes for this and like, I'm like, Oh, I feel like some of these words are so big. You throw out like these large words that I'm like, I have no idea. But when you actually are like, okay, how do I make this? Yeah. So estrogen agonist or serotonin agonist means that the estrogen makes the serotonin work more easily, basically. Gotcha. So for just a quick definition, and if there are any weird words that I say, cause sometimes I say the words I'm used to seeing and saying. Oh yeah, totally. So just stop me. No, I mean, I feel like I, I if I have questions, I always okay. ask. So. Mm -hmm. Good. Awesome. So you kind of touched on like when hormones go out of balance and mm -hmm. whatnot. Yes. Um, so like what are the more like common hormonal imbalances you see? So the most common hormonal imbalance I see is what most people think of as estrogen dominance. So that's where in your luteal phase you have, you have a perfect ratio of estrogen progesterone that you're supposed to have. And when you're estrogen dominant, that's when you have more estrogen than you have 
the amount of progesterone you're supposed to have. Um, I've seen it put elsewhere that it's more like progesterone insufficiency. And I think that makes more sense for how we're addressing it because when I'm doing these lab levels on women, their estrogen levels aren't out of range too high. It's that their progesterone is too low in relation to where their estrogen's sitting. And like, this is annoying, but the biggest thing that impacts having good progesterone levels is stress. So dang it. I know stress <laughs> is like the worst thing for our hormones. And it's also the hardest thing to control. It's such a job to be mindful of our stress levels. Yeah. Mm. And that's why month to month, if you were to keep a journal of like mood journal and period journal, mm-hmm. that's why you would see that, that correlation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, for people who, think that maybe there's some hormonal imbalance going on. Um, like what are some like signs and symptoms that people might be experiencing? Yes. So a lot of times, well, like they're kind of like, it's a big long list. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to have everything on the list, but more mood problems, fatigue or trouble sleeping, um, acne. Some of us get it. Some of us don't. Um, weight problems, like a hard time losing weight or like uh, no reason weight gain. Um, libido issues, but sometimes that can be situational too. Like I think people want to blame libido issues on, um, like their hormone imbalance, but sometimes it's more like a situation ship problem. Um, Are you thinking of your checklist? Yeah, I'm thinking of my checklist. Headache problems. Um, There's more. I'm sure there's more that I'm missing. Mm-hmm. Irregular hair growth patterns. Ooh. That's a fun one. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then keep in mind the gem- genetic implication of hair growth too. Mm-hmm. Some of us are Germanic in nature and grow more hair. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. So like ways to support this imbalance what does that look like so stress support is the biggest thing eating in a way that makes your body feel good I'm not going to sit here and say there's like a one size fits all diet Mm -hmm. because if I was eating like Adele eats I would be miserable and vice versa versa. right exactly um so I'm not going to sit here and say like there's a perfect diet for everyone making sure you're keeping your blood sugar balanced in a way that works for you is really important because Blood glucose balance is another form of stress. Mm. So getting hangry is so terrible for your hormone levels because it causes a rise in stress hormones that we can avoid. Um, Just by the simplicity of listening to your body and feeding it. Yeah. And feeding it food that makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. Like if you're eating and it makes your tummy hurt or it makes you too bloaty or it makes like even your nose run. If you're eating and the food you're eating makes your nose run, that's your body saying like, hey, something's not right with what you're eating. Mm -hmm. Like how often do we ignore that? Like I'm working so hard right now and just like honoring what makes my tummy happy because I have a very picky tummy. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily a picky palate, but gosh darn it, my tummy's picky. I feel you. (laughs) Yeah, we were kind of um, 
we were, we talked with Steph Gratz a, a few weeks ago and we were kind of talking about the same thing. Like how can people start to like better be in tune with what their body is trying to tell them? Mm-hmm. Um, and like as simple as diet, like yeah. if, if a food's not agreeing with you, like please honor that and like try to tune in a little more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's not making your life, your body is working on fighting whatever you're eating or digesting whatever you're eating instead of keeping your hormones balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, getting good sleep. This is the one I'm probably the worst at is like honoring my sleep cycle. Are you an owl? I am a, no, like we could probably get into like, why does Megan not sleep well? Um, because she avoids her thoughts in her brain until she goes to bed. Yeah, at night. And then I think of all of the things and I have like these amazing ideas, but then I'm like, don't get up and write them down because it'll wake you up more. So it's just a lose lose for me. Just vicious cycle. Yeah. Um, but also as women keep in mind, we need more sleep than men. And men get kind of grumpy about that, but we do. We just naturally need more sleep. We run on a different circadian rhythm than men do. Mm. It's not even a circ, like, I can't remember the name of like the testosterone cycle versus the menstrual cycle, but they have a 24 hour clock and we have a 28 day clock basically. Mm. So like- Game changer. Yeah. Right. And like I our world like is- like clay can function way better on minimal sleep than what I can. Oh yeah. Oh, totally. Just- just until right you hear men talk about how they can function totally fine on like five six hours of sleep a night and like that's their regular Mm -hmm. and i have i have yet to meet a woman other than my sister who like uh, chooses to not sleep um that can function on anything less than like seven Mm -hmm. i can for a day yeah like if i did if i get four hours of sleep last night i can power through and i'll be real sad but like I can do it. But the following day, I am a useless sack of potatoes. Right. Yeah. Like you can rally, but it's always that second day. Yeah. It catches up to you. It does. Even Mm -hmm. if you sleep good the night before, you're just dead on your feet anyways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do feel like with our society, because we have such a hustle, Mm -hmm. go-getting, we have access to education. We have access to Google. We have access to YouTube. Like we're pushing, we're going, we want to make the money. I feel like it's really hard for our society, especially our generation for actually slow down and stop to listen to what makes our tummy feel good, to make what our head feels good, to what, you know what I mean? To drink the water. Like we really are, especially our generation really grew up. What's going to fix it. I want it now. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. that is the thing that I've even had to been working on lately. I have personally like to be like, I need to slow down. I need to drink my water. I need to check in with my body and I need to prep my freaking food. Yes. I need, I need good meals and I want, and I love food. So like even lately, like even for lunch, like I used to just skip lunch and I, Mm -hmm. or I would eat a late breakfast or I would just snack Mm -hmm. and it wasn't, and I was, then I was miserable or I was eating in like weird times or I was eating on the go and it wasn't just, it wasn't fueling me. So anyways, I, that's been something lately. I've just been trying to be really disciplined with to be like, okay, what am I putting in my body and how is it energizing me? And I'm not saying I'm dieting. I'm just saying like, I'm just being really thoughtful what I'm putting in. No, I think the great majority of us. Yeah like as women in this like world we've grown up in where we all grew up with body dysmorphia, like we just did. I don't know anyone that doesn't have some form of body dysmorphia of some sort, but like we're not eating enough to fuel our bodies. No. And that's making us feel crappy too. Right. 
And like, I can look back on my day and be like, why do I feel so depleted? And just like, why am I dragging? And I'm like, oh, because I was rushing at breakfast because I slept in and I didn't really eat. And then for lunch, I forgot to have like food in the house for lunch because that's the meal that I forget to prepare for. Mm -hmm. And then if there's not leftovers, I'm just kind of like, well, I guess I'll feed the kids. Yeah. Right. Or like a cheese stick, you know, (laughs) cheese stick and a banana, protein, fat and a carb. Like that's not an adequate lunch. Right. No. That snack doesn't even fill my kid up. Right. Right. Why would it fill up a grown adult? Yeah. And I just think we expect ourselves to be able to sustain life on like not enough calories because that's what we did when we were younger and Mm -hmm. skinny or thinking that like if we just don't eat we'll get fit which is not true right it puts your body into more stress right Right. which for a long time I was like if I just skip meals or if I just replace it with coffee it will be fine and that's where like the whole thing which we can have a whole nother conversation about and your cortisol levels are just through the roof seriously (laughs) like through the roof and that's like one of the reasons why I stopped drinking coffee you know over a year ago which I I have introduced back into my life and just having a better relationship with it and what that looks like of being like okay I can have one cup of coffee in the morning and then the rest of the day either I have to go half calf or I have to go decaf mm-hmm. and I can't drink it after two o'clock. No. Like, and then even with alcohol to be like, I need to have a better relationship with this stuff. Like I need to have better boundaries with it. And what, you know, how am I listening to my body and how is it affecting my yeah. hormones? Because for a long time, I'm just like, it has nothing to do with my hormones. Oh, it this totally does. My hormones. And you're like, Oh, it affects yes. your sleep. It affects your liver's ability to metabolize things. And the way that we deal with our excess hormones is through our liver. Mm-hmm. That's how we're detoxing our hormones. So like giving our liver love in any way that we can is also a really good way to balance your hormones. So like staying hydrated, mm-hmm. so important. Um, some people do castor oil packs, I've done that in the past. It's a little bit finicky to do and it kind of is messy, but that's an option for if you're feeling like liver stagnance mm. or even just much as like drinking like some dandelion root tea or milk thistle tea, like that's super supportive of your liver as well. So there's good to know. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. I didn't even ask you once you figured out like all your allergens, did your like cycle change dramatically? trying to remember I don't feel like I did um I mean knock on wood like I've always been pretty fortunate in having like pretty tame periods so I don't remember that ever being um super out of control when I was figuring it out Mm -hmm. I will say that um there's probably, there was probably just a level of more predictability Mm -hmm. it's not that it was necessarily better or worse it was just like I was more in tune with my body and I knew what was happening. But a lot of that was just a practice of like elimination diets and like having to learn to be in tune with my body. And so therefore I was more in tune with my cycle and what was going on hormonally with me. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. This is what I can eat. This is what I can't eat because my stomach is wrecked. Right. And Mm -hmm. so then in return, I picked up on like those other, like kind of like vital signs and cues of like like being able to like, Oh, I can now feel when I'm like ovulating. Cause like, I do feel like that change in my body or whatever. So, Mm -hmm. and that, that was just more like a mental, like, a tuning practice. Mm-hmm. Once you experience a health event that forces you to like become in tune with your body, whether it be 
like gut problems, food allergies. I got diagnosed with celiac disease. So that's what did it for me. Or like even having babies, mm-hmm. like that's when your next life begins when you start totally. to be able to like pay attention to what's going on. Right. And it happens kind of at different times for everyone, mm-hmm. but it seems like once someone's had a baby, everyone's kind of on the same page with like, I can tell what part of my cycle I'm in based on how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. I do feel like there's a level of confidence. I felt like when I got to that point of like listening to my body and more advocating for it, for it, mm-hmm. I felt like there was this like internal confidence that I had to be like, okay, these are the questions that I can ask and I'm not scared to ask them. And this is what I know about my body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Having a little more just like confidence over knowing what your body does mm-hmm. um, versus just like hoping you have it figured out. Yeah. Like, I think this is what it does. No, no, no. This is what, yeah. this is what it does. I just went through it. It's yeah. very obvious to me. Yeah. And not being shy about it too. Like for me, I felt like because I didn't have the verbiage to go with it and I didn't know all the, all the information, I felt like I couldn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know, so I'm glad that I'm around a bunch of supportive women that are able, you know, to answer questions and to talk about it and to like even advocate for like, food stuff. Like I've learned so much from Adele just with like the foods on the food aspect side of, um, what she can eat, what she can't eat and what that looks like. And even like challenging, like Adele doesn't drink Mm -hmm. and she doesn't drink coffee. So like, what does that look like? And we've had open conversations of like, Hey, how does this make your body feel? And like, you know, stuff like that. So just like being able to have those conversations with close friends, like is huge mm-hmm. in my opinion. I wonder why that's different now. Cause I feel like we all feel a little bit more capable of talking mm-hmm. openly. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what flipped that switch for all of us. Or maybe it just came with age. Maybe. We just stopped caring what other people think. Yeah. I feel like it's probably a combination of things. I think one getting older, you just like really don't care as much. Mm-hmm. Like you're willing to ask your dumb questions and be okay with it. Yeah. But I think also like media's representation and like the f- kind of freedom to access information as you yeah. wish, like you feel a little more prepared to then like go into a discussion with somebody when you have, when you can like do your research and have a bit of background knowledge or yeah. you're searching for questions. So then you can like, crowdsource that information with your friends Mm -hmm. yeah maybe it's like like friends I wasn't allowed to watch friends growing up because there was too much sex related stuff in it but like maybe that opened up the candor for like all of us to be able to Mm. I didn't watch friends until it came on Netflix really Mm -hmm. I wasn't allowed you weren't so you weren't also allowed to watch the Simpsons or Ren and Stimpy no I watched Simpsons every once in a while we weren't able to watch Roseanne do you remember Roseanne yeah and I can't remember if that was allowed or not um, but we I also feel like it watch wasn't a lot of TV. Like we were all super athletic. So like the only time you were, we were busy at night. Yeah. The only time we were able to watch TV is like right after school for like 30 minutes for like 30 minutes. Rugrats. So it was like that or saved by the bell or full house. Full house. My First. mother was very against Rugrats. We never watched it. <gasps> yeah. We couldn't watch that. No, we couldn't. Why? I think she like, she was very offended by the sheer title of this show. And so she was like, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Yeah. I don't but call my kids the nicest names. Rugrats is really tame. <laughs> I also don't remember like a ton of movies. I don't remember a ton of shows. Like we were also just like, yeah, we were athletic on the athletic side, but yeah, we, and my sister and I rode our bikes everywhere. So like we were outside all the time. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Which yeah. is cool. But, um, 
Yeah, that's funny. But yeah, we didn't watch. I didn't watch Friends until it came on Netflix. I don't. I only watch Friends at my friends' houses. Like, I I definitely haven't seen every episode. I've oh, seen no. more episodes of Seinfeld than Friends, which is kind of funny because Seinfeld is a little is, raunchy too. Yeah, and it's older. It is older. Maybe yeah. arguably more raunchy than Friends. Oh, or like, heck yeah. or like at least more explicitly raunchy. Yeah. I yeah. never understood the plot of it. I was just, I think that's why. Is was, there a plot of something? I don't, I don't think there's, there's a plot. Not. plot. <laughs> also, New Girl is leaving. I don't want to talk about oh it. Oh my gosh, I am so upset. It's going to Hulu, and guess who it's doesn't have Hulu? Oh, it's going to Hulu? Yeah. Do you have a Spotify account? No. Oh, oh, can you use your Spotify account? My, mine are linked to each other. <gasps> I guess like when I signed up, like I got like Spotify and Hulu, so like... Mine are together for the same. Price. Do you have commercial Hulu or non-commercial? Non-commercial. Stop it. Yeah. Whoa. I feel like you fell in. You should edit this out because I don't, I don't want the people to like cut my ass. Someone will know. Okay. Well, I'm at least glad to know that it's going somewhere. It's going to Hulu. Okay. Yeah. Thank God, because I I've like seriously been. I told like, Clay we have to buy all the episodes. I I've been like trying to like cram in all the new girl episodes I can before April 9th. I know. I have a problem where if I like something I won't finish it because then it's never over in my heart. Do you know how many times I've watched New Girl? So oh I've never finished New Girl because I don't want it to be over. Oh, just, you just keep rewatching no, it. No, I over and over. I can only do that with The Office. It's the only show I rewatch. If I have a bad day. I totally put on New Girl. Oh my gosh! Absolutely. One hundred percent. Absolutely. My favorite. Cut this part out. My favorite one is when <laughs> Nick is describing a popcorn machine. And just oh my gosh! Yes. I'm pretty sure that's clear yes. everyone too. It's so funny. Every time it's your biggest concern. Yes. And Jess like, is like, like mortified. Cleaning the popcorn machine. Yes. The smell. Barf. <laughs> she thinks he's starting. Oh my oh gosh. The first time I saw that. That's that. a it was, great episode. I was so crying good. watching that. It's so. enough to make a man barf. <laughs> <laughs> that episode is a spot on. Oh my spot gosh. on. It's so sad that something like that would never get made today. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. No. Or even the office. Oh the my gosh. This would never be made terrible. Today. No. So I sad. made an office reference in therapy. Because I was like, I don't know how to describe it other than that one episode. And my therapist, thankfully, is just as much of a dork as me. And she's like, oh my gosh, I know exactly what you're talking I about. That. She's going to be like, I'm extremely offended. No, she knew 100 No, I have never offended her. That's Clearly, good. you found the right therapist. Yeah, that's good. Good job. She's amazing. Like, to the point where sometimes I'm like, so... I can't tell if you understand what I'm saying because your face is super ne- neutral and like... She's like, no, I totally understand. Like, she doesn't make a face the entire time. That's a skill. She's amazing. Like, I feel like you would be good at that. You have a good poker face. I do, and then yet, I also my face is also very expressive. Like when I'm like pissed or angry about something, it's incredibly obvious. I feel like it's just in your eyes. In my eyes, for sure. But also, like in my tone of voice. If I don't have to talk, then I can like. She doesn't really talk that much. Stop. No, no problem. I mean, when we first met, you're like, I'm really concerned that you're going to leave me to go work for, like, the CIA. <laughs> I did. That would be cool. I would love to work for the it's CIA. It's always an option. Always it's an option. always, they'll just hire you. Because they're always looking for graphic designers. <laughs> <laughs> Midwives, too, I bet. Plus, they like people with, like, that need therapy and, you know, yeah, have, like, untreated ADHD. They, they, they love, love that shit. They love mentally unstable people. <laughs> and artists. 
<laughs> right on their own boxes. No, it's a great cover story. If you have to like go undercover or whatever, like you already have a great alias for sure. Have you, there's this one guy like on TikTok or Instagram and he's like the ADHD detective. Like he does this little play where it'll be like good cop, bad cop, but it's like good cop, ADHD cop. <laughs> And I like the ADHD cop is always getting him because he was like doing the conversation where it's just, you know, like all over the place. That's funny. As you do. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and he distracts the, the criminal into like telling the crime or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. That's it makes funny. me laugh. I, I, I see second careers for us, Megan. Yeah. I'll In the CIA. On. Definitely. I can't. Okay. I talk too much. I talk too much. I could never be in this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you two might blow your covers. Really I would totally. I would thousand percent blow my cover. Oh my gosh! I like yeah. Nick was keeping a secret. Oh my gosh! Back sweat. Yeah. Sweat back. <laughs> <laughs> it's inside of me, and I can't tell it. Yeah. I shouldn't say that. I mean, I, when people are like, don't tell anyone, I'm like, well, the only person I have to tell would be Clay, and he, he doesn't talk care. To anyone, so. He doesn't know who you are. That's yeah. how my husband is. Too. Like, on social media, he doesn't talk to anyone except for high schoolers, but. Yeah. It's okay. What's he going to tell them? Right. Nothing. <laughs> if I try to tell Justin a story about someone he doesn't know, I just like only use pronouns because that's how I speak. He's like, Megan, you lost me a long time ago. There's so many pronouns in that story. Like, I don't know who how many this people is. are involved. Yeah. He can't tell because I just say she, she, she. How many people are involved? <laughs> you might be good at the CIA. Though. Maybe just, yeah, you're just, because it's word salad. Right. Vague yeah. enough. Yeah. Like, super vague. Yeah. <gasps> oh. How should we wrap this up? Yeah. Um, In conclusion, wait, did we get all our questions answered? You know, we did. Like, did we really? Like, we covered a we lot. We kind of covered everything. Like, I told you it would be super organic. Yeah. Um, so I think, like, let's just kind of go into, like, our wrap-up. We've actually kind of touched on a lot of this already. Oh, yeah. But anyway, we do, like, a quick little, like, rapid fire. Oh, um, fun. And then you don't have to be rapid. Pew, pew, pew. Um, yeah. Yeah. But if we want to go rapid, it can be done. Um, so we'll start off. Um, a woman that inspires you. This is not rapid. Exactly. A woman <laughs> that inspires me. Yeah. I don't want to say the obvious one. That's okay. Pretty much. Mother every, Teresa or your mom? Like pretty much everyone. I was going to say Taylor Swift. <laughs> This month, I'm going in June. I'm so excited. Like, I'm fully prepared to I cry. You just, said, you just said Taylor Swift. Right? Oh, my gosh. That that is, I did not expect that to come out of your mouth. Oh, my gosh. I love it. I love it. I'm obsessed with Taylor Swift. Why, why does Taylor Swift inspire you? I just... Obviously, her transition from country to hip-hop was seamless, so we can just stop that. Uh, obviously. Um, so that's actually not it. Oh. <laughs> her, like... The way that she makes art with words. Oh, that's true. Because yeah, like, for sure. I, lyrics. Yes. Because I feel my feelings not with words, but with like pictures. And mm. I feel like she's so, like she does that too, but she can make them into words. Mm -hmm. And like her songs are art. Yeah. Like, yeah, she has her poppy songs that people like, like and know, but like her less popular songs, some of them are just so like, life-changing like i know that's so nerdy but no, no that's i okay. love taylor swift right if you break it down to like a purely like lyrical point of view yeah phenomenal but then she also is like she has a sense of humor with writing like she knows people love her bridges so she's like here's a song full of bridges 
And it's like, God, that's such a good song. And she loves cats. And she loves cats. And I love cats. Oh my gosh. Match made in heaven. Right. I know. Taylor Swift. If you're listening, (laughs) I think we should be best friends. I have red hair and it's curly, just like Abigail. There you go. (laughs) Okay. Move on. Move on. Next one. What uh, content are you consuming? Oh my gosh. Podcasts, TV shows, music, books. Okay. I I know you're a huge reader. I read. Oh, okay. Justin's not going to listen to this. So in the month of March, please don't listen, Justin. (laughs) Turn your volume down for this part. I read 19 books. Holy moly. Yeah. And like some of them are like good books. Like The Alchemist is one of my favorite books. Oh my God. Again. He raps about that book. It's so good. It's like, that is a life-changing book. That and The Four Agreements. Yes. Read it. Read it every year. It'll be different each time you read it. It speaks to your mm-hmm. soul. It's, I need to get The Alchemist on Libby, or I need to get it on audio. You do. Mm-hmm. It's so good. That, and it's a pretty quick read, too. It's, 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 it's a tiny book, yeah. yeah. It's really tiny. quick. Yeah. And it's just so beautiful. What was the other one you said? The Four Agreements. Yeah. I don't think I've read that one. Oh, my gosh. You have to. It's everyone. Everyone okay, needs everyone. to read them. So, like, those... But like also just like straight garbage, like hockey romance. Like <laughs> I love it all. I'll read it all. That's yeah. awesome. Um, so I'm really not picky. I just pre-ordered the new Emily Henry book that's coming out. She's my favorite author right now because mm-hmm. her banter between characters is just so like hilarious to read. It's like reading a real conversation. It's just so cute. I love Emily Henry. I recommend it to everyone. Um, or I recommend her to everyone. I scroll on Instagram too much and I'm not great at listening to podcasts, but it, cause it requires an amount of focus that I am not able to use when my kids are around. Like I can't focus on a podcast if my kids are talking, yeah. it's over simulation for me, but I can read while they're talking, make that make sense. Um, but music, I have playlists that I make on my Apple music so I have my Taylor Swift faves playlist, which is like, I don't even know how many songs are on it anymore. It's several hours long. And then I have one called Scratch Your Brain, where it's just songs that give me dopamine. Mm. And then I have one called Childhood Education, where it's songs I feel like every kid should hear growing up. So it's mm. got like Queen, Billy Joel, Elton John. Um, oh, that's a good one. Green good Day. Idea. It's very cool. It's super Green fun. Day. Yeah, it's like, yes. it's got everything. And then the just, classics. yes, it's awesome. And then Justin and I are leaving to go on a road trip next week. So I'm making a special playlist just for him that like kind of appeals to more music that we like to listen to together. So like oh, that's fun. when we first met, we used to sit on the computer and play free cell and listen to music together. So it's got some like throwback songs from that Aww. era of time before we were dating. Super romantic. I love it. Oh, I, I love it. Yeah. I think I am romantic. That's cute. Yeah, yeah. So I'm getting excited for that road trip. So those are my, that's pretty much all I do. Nice. Yeah. All right. Beverage of choice. Bubbly water. Always. Oh, always a sparkly water. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a favorite flavor that you go to? Um, so plain or like a solid grapefruit flavor. I hate grapefruit, uh, anything except for bubbly water. Okay. Mm. A good artificial grapefruit flavor. Yes. So do you have like the soda stream? No. Maybe you should invest in one. I probably should. I've heard great things about them. I have too. They're not the cheapest little, and I don't have counter space in my house. Mm. 
I've been told I'm not allowed to get any more kitchen appliances. Mm-hmm. All right. Justin has outlawed. Yeah. Bummer. I did get an air fryer last year and I'm not going <gasps> to lie. It's absolutely and utterly amazing. Really? Mm-hmm. So I want one, but I only want it if it's going to be inside my microwave to kind of like, you know, be compile things. Yeah. yeah. So we, we don't have, have a microwave, so. Well, my microwave's been broken. Oh, oh so yeah, get one of those combo yeah. situations. Well, it's a, they don't make an over the range one. That's like a good oh. price that would fit in our spot. So we've been using our microwave as like a cabinet for the last almost <laughs> two years now. Resourceful. Yeah. It is resourceful. So you don't heat up your food in a microwave either. People think it's wild. And I'm like, no, you just put it in a pan or you put it in the oven or under the broiler. It takes the same amount of time. And it tastes better. Definitely tastes better. better. (laughs) Yeah. Microwave leftover chicken. That's enough to make a man barf. (laughs) (laughs) True. Very true. All right. Last one. Uh, Actually, two more. What does community mean to you? Mm, community is like the heartbeat of the human existence. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Did Taylor, so say that. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's Peggy Gross. <laughs> that, that was a Megan Gross original. No. Snaps, See, girl. we could be best friends, <laughs> Taylor. The women I'm telling with, you, women with the words. Yeah. You know? I love uh, it. All right, so this has been all sorts of insightful and hilarious at the same time. Where can people find you, Megan? If they want to talk cats yeah. or hormones. Or yeah. Taylor Swift. Or Taylor, or Taylor Swift. Swift. Any of the topics are approved. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'll talk about anything. If you're a dude and you try to reach out on Instagram, you'll be blocked. Okay. Unless I know you. Um, otherwise, Instagram at Megan Gross CNM. I have a Facebook that I don't really log into. So if you reach out on that, I'm so sorry. I will not get back to you probably. Um, I have a website. It's www.megangrosscnm.com. There's a contact form on that. Otherwise, my email address is also on that. And it's contact at megangrosscnm.com. And you're saying CNM? Yes, CNM, Certified Nurse Nurse Midwife. Yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. And, yeah. And for our listeners, if you want a general women's health Q&A episode with Megan, um, please leave us a rating or a star, put comments on our Instagram, whatever you got to do to let us know that you want more of Megan because we can do that. We can seriously talk all day long. Megan can talk. Megan can yeah, talk. Yeah, that's in my Instagram bio. Notoriously chatty. <laughs> Notoriously <laughs> chatty. That, that might be the title of this episode. Well. <laughs> Notoriously chatty about hormones. Absolutely. That's so cute. I love it. Do it. All right. Thanks, y'all. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to And We Go On. Check out our show notes for links and additional education. We would love to hear from you, so please leave us a review. Be the first to sponsor And We Go On, a She Unites podcast. Get your name out in the community, in person, and online. For more info, email sheunitesiowa at gmail.com. She Unites is a 501c3 nonprofit organization registered in the state of Iowa. We are proud to be a 100% donation-supported organization. Our spaces, speakers, and programming are all gifted by those who support our vision because we are better together. If you feel compelled to join us in the She Unites mission, please donate at sheunitesiowa.com. Follow us on Instagram at sheunitesiowa for the latest and greatest from our organization.